0: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure.
1: Welcome back, Traveler's Blueprint community. I am Elliot Shibley, and with me as always is the didactic Robert DeMenem. Didactic. Can you please explain didactic? Didactic is conveying information or moral instruction.
0: Interesting. What made you pick
1: that? Bob, I think you have a very strong moral compass. I think you live a very balanced life. And I think you understand what is good for you and good for your friends and family. And you like to share information which you think would be valuable to that particular person, not necessarily how it impacts you, but how it might help them. Thank
0: you, man. That is, a, that is quite a compliment. I really appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. I think you've,
0: you've most certainly earned it. Thank you, man. Thank you uh all right i well let's I guess jump into this podcast uh, uh if you're listening to this and you're a regular listener, you know that we took a quite a break i think mid March yeah,
1: let's call it a sabbatical and a hiatus at the same time
0: right, yeah, I mean, it's been an odd time to be alive, that's for sure, and we're just sort of reeling with it right it's It's just we're
1: taking it in stride, rolling with the punches. I don't know if this is going to be a new normal or what the new normal will be after this.
0: I I think it's absolutely going to be a new normal, right? And it just it's hard for us to navigate how we um, are going to move forward with the podcast. Right now, we plan on moving full steam ahead with episodes related to travel in some way or another with a new adventure or traveler. We're going to steady the course and continue to pump out the content we've been pumping out. And hopefully, uh, you still enjoy it. But keep in mind that we understand that, you know, if we release an episode on traveling to a specific destination, you may not be able to travel there right now. Um, Some of our episodes were were recorded prior to this outbreak. And therefore, um, you know, when we were having those conversations, we didn't realize the extent of this pandemic.
1: Yeah. So to break down what we're going to talk about this week in our Travel Bites episode is giving a brief update on the coronavirus as it relates to travel restrictions and care and a little bit about the future of travel. And then we talk about our plans that Bob and I both had for traveling this year and what we plan to do with it, what we've been contemplating. And then we'll talk a little bit about how we've been doing uh, during this coronavirus self-quarantining crap um, and then actually talk about a few articles
0: yeah the articles actually were, were pretty interesting both of them relate to obviously how coronavirus is impacting the travel industry The we have a BBC article that actually dissects the logistics behind traveling um, as it goes uh, with airfare so getting to the airport traveling through the airport traveling on the plane and then arriving at your destination and some of the ways that um, countries are going to deal with coronavirus in those areas specifically. And then I found an article on European tourism. A lot of Americans, North Americans, we travel to Europe quite often. Europe, you know, they all they, they travel within Europe all the time. Um, so it's a hotspot for travel. And I was curious to see how some of these countries are planning to develop methods that allow travel to continue, but then also maybe take a few steps back and slow it down. So we'll break those down later on in this episode.
1: Also, at the end of the episode, we will tell you who will be featured this month. And as a reminder, there is no trivia question in this episode. So as it has been nearly a month or two months, a month and a half since our last episode, which was with Scott Light, um, re-listen to that. The trivia question will be announced well, was at the, ne- at the end of his episode, and it'll be at the beginning of our intro in the next episode for next week.
0: Right. <clears throat> so, Elliot, uh what trips did you have planned over the next few months?
1: I'm supposed to be going to Sonoma next month with Amanda and it's going to be kind of our pre pre-baby uh right. wine trip and I don't think we're going. We ha- we haven't canceled anything yet and we are currently contemplating whether or not we're going to cancel completely or if we're going to try to postpone. The issue with postponing is we don't know if when to actually postpone
0: to. Did you, do you actually have wine tours booked or anything like that? Or have you been in correspondence with any tour companies or wineries?
1: No. We were planning to do everything ourselves. Uh, we were just going to stay in an Airbnb, rent a car. And most of those uh, wine tastings are public. You don't need to schedule in advance. So we're going to do a day at the beach, uh, most of the time in Sonoma, and maybe hop over to Napa Valley.
0: right. Yeah.
1: Now none of it's going to happen.
0: Uh, no, it doesn't seem to be likely. Um, yeah. But then I, in,
1: in addition to that, Amanda and I were scheduled to go to Chicago for the 4th of July to hang out with my aunt and uncle at their amazing 4th of July party, which if you haven't heard of, you uh, may not be cool enough.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, is, I don't think I I was invited to this. So am I not cool enough? I guess There's not, a huh? reason.
1: There's a reason, Bob. No, it, yeah. is, it is an epic party. They've been doing it for years. And it is well-known within the ch- suburban Chicago communities. And Amanda's cousin was actually supposed to get married in July, end of July. And we were going to go up and take a long vacation into Vermont, hang out with a close friend in Massachusetts. Well, sorry, he lived in Massachusetts. Now he's living in New Hampshire. going to stay with him. But now we don't know if that's going to happen either. So yeah, three trips completely thrown out the window
0: and you know you can read online i I was about people who have had to cancel weddings honeymoons yeah obviously we're all at this point well aware of what this has caused uh, as it relates to travel um my trip american airlines flat out canceled my flights Hmm. um canceled all direct flights actually out of Philadelphia to Italy. In addition to maybe a dozen other countries, Croatia is one of them. So American airlines does not have any direct flights to Italy at this point in time out of Philadelphia. I don't think I know American airlines nowhere. Um, and they're not doing direct flights to, to Italy anymore, Wow! but, but Philadelphia happened to be their hub. I know that's the case for several countries with American airlines and I'm assuming other airlines as well. I haven't really looked into them, but it seems like hotspots in Europe have been cut off from direct flights from the United States. Um, you, I can still wiggle around if I wanted to go to Italy, technically I could do it. I would have to fly to either Madrid or Paris from Philadelphia and then hop over to, to either Venice or Rome, but I was speaking to someone who actually lives in Italy and runs um, a tour company in Venice, who said that there's only one single flight in Italy being ran right now, and that actually is only from Venice to Rome. And so we're all on lockdown, and I don't, I don't see how this is going to pick up, even if the the we start to see a downward trend in the virus. Um, I don't know if we'll be ready to just ramp up travel come fall. No. So. I don't, I'm not really anticipating on going to Italy right now. We have uh, our rental car booked. We have multiple Airbnbs booked. We have B&Bs booked. Um, We haven't began to cancel it yet. We're kind of holding out maybe by the end of May, maybe by the end, maybe like mid June we'll decide because it isn't until September, but ultimately we're both already under the impression that we won't be going to Italy for this incredible vacation, which was actually pre baby number two vacation for us. Yeah. which is like the last two raw before we settled down and did that again. But uh, we're already shifting gears and figuring out where we can travel domestically, which maybe we could discuss appears to be where travel is likely headed for the next two years. We yeah. The articles that I've been reading are all about how travel is going to shift and people around the world will travel within their own country a lot more than they ever have before. Uh, and that's that's sort of where it's headed.
1: Yeah. And uh, we still don't know if there's going to be a resurgence of this virus in the fall.
0: Right, right. I mean, previous outbreaks and science appears to point into the direction of yes, it's where we should expect it. But it seems there seems to be so many unknowns, and until there's a vaccine, and to, you know, until we have it under control, who, who who knows? It seems it's too hard to predict anything. So I try to just stay away from it and yeah. deal with it one day at a time. But Uh, I think one thing I think you can say for certain is that the airlines are not just – travel is just not going to ramp back up this year to where we saw just a few months ago, six months ago. I don't
1: think travel will ever be the same.
0: No. Uh, So, you know, coronavirus doesn't appear to just – there's no evidence that suggests that it's just going to disappear and never be an issue. Um, It likely will circulate within the human population for –
1: Several years.
0: years. Yeah. So – Uh, I don't know, man. I I think eventually we'll get to a point where people become immune through, uh, having it already. Right. Herd immunity and potentially, but you know, that's the United States, that's North America, that's European countries. What about, um, countries throughout Africa? What about South America? How are they, how are they going to deal with this long term? I really don't know. And then, you know, thinking about us traveling to those countries, will they even want us to come in? Will our countries accept us going there to a potential hotspot or um, a place with insufficient medical infrastructure, and then come back to the United States? Like, I, who, who the hell knows? Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, and so um, I, I don't know if you're listening to this and you have a, a trip planned for later this year. You know, fingers crossed. I hope it works out for you. But like I mentioned, like Elliot mentioned, we're already sort of refocusing and thinking about how we're going to travel. I mean, domestically, I mean, your trips are domestic though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, yours are still new. They're there. You know, Sonoma's next month. You don't have anything for later in the year September, right? Like, no, when, just September. July. Right. So,
1: Oh, and we had a beach vacation scheduled in August and I don't think we're going to do that either.
0: So we'll get into what some countries are the ideas they're concocting for travel. I mean, in Italy, for example, we'll, we can jump into it later, but they're trying to develop maybe pexiglass stations that they surround beachgoers with. And so you'll sit with your family on a pee dude. You'll, they're just trying to design uh, something like it's, it's a, a pexiglass box. Pexi that essentially, or Plexi. Plexi. Pexi? Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't know if you're talking plexiglass. about like the chest muscle.
0: <laughs> no. <And>, no. Uh, <sighs> um, plexiglass boxes that would essentially contain you to some degree and create a barrier between you and the next beach goer. You um, know what
1: that sounds like. It sounds like we're all going to be turned into bubble boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the route some people are taking. Obviously some people are going the complete opposite route and just saying, you know, screw it. Let's just go for it. But
1: yeah, if I can't live the way I want to live, is it really worth living? <sighs>
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It. it I, and then something else that I that I want people to consider as they they're looking to travel or they're thinking about traveling into the future is the economic repercussions this has had globally. And so, if you have countries in mind or you have a country in mind that has already aired on the side of uh, uncertainty when it comes to safety, it might be somewhat unstable. Unstable. You need to consider uh, that. You need to consider how these now these economic issues and these financial issues with people so out of work will translate into additional, um, crime. I don't know. I'm not going to name any country specifically, you know, the countries that already have safety concerns. So, um, yeah. keep that in mind that, that, that they might be magnified now with yeah. what, what's happened there. So, so do, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Bob
1: and I have mostly just been at home for this entire time. We've been, both of our wives work in the medical field and they have to deal with it. They're at higher risk. So we've been self-quarantining, trying to separate ourselves from as many people as possible. And that means that the most travel I take every day is like a two to three mile walk with my dog around our neighborhood, still staying at least six feet apart from anyone we see.
0: Yeah. The, the other day I, I called a friend and I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm making the commute from my office to my gym. Uh, do you want to talk for a minute? And that was my guest room to the garage. Yeah. No. Yeah. Was... <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. It's... But it's, this has been unbelievably hard, not just for the average person, but for everyone. Like this has, Severely impacted me because as many of you know, I've talked about it on the show before my mom had ovarian cancer and as of a month and a half ago, she passed away Um, she had a long long fight with it and Fortunately, she is no longer in pain no longer in suffering, but that leaves myself and all of our family who cannot see each other, uh, trying to figure out how to cope with it, trying to figure out what the best way to grieve is when we can't be together, and our situation is not unusual. Everyone is dealing with this in some severity. The
0: yeah yeah there the, there doesn't seem to be um, any solution. I don't even know if that's the right the right way to word it, but that's people are so overwhelmed with how to deal with coronavirus um, right now that they, the people who are left to mourn are left to figure it out by themselves. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like we're not having our service for her until July at the earliest. Like we don't know if we'll be able to have it then. Most of her family and so her brothers and sisters and my aunts and uncles, they live across the country. Like, the closest one, the closest family member is in Kentucky.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you even started to peel back the logistics behind it? We know
1: when we're going to have it. We know where we're going to have it. We just don't, it's still planned for July, but we're hoping people can come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's tough.
1: It is. It's sucky.
0: It's something that, um, to predict this, to predict this as a reality, uh, for people it's just it it almost feels like a movie sometimes that we're living in yeah Uh,
1: this is the furthest thing from reality i've ever experienced like losing a mother is difficult in and of itself and i have no idea what is normal with this pandemic this is the first time i've lost someone so close and i just don't know if i'm feeling is from her or from this pandemic and not being able to see anyone or if it's a mixture of the two?
0: Uh, um, I, I bet it's a mixture, man. Um, I think, you know, when you lose someone like your your mother, someone so close and important to you throughout your entire life, you uh, have certain outlets that you probably typically seek and that's comfort with family and the relationships that you have with other people who are also close with your mom. And now those Those standard avenues of um, coping with the loss are now blocked off in a major way. Right. I mean, you can't really hug, you can't hug and you can't um, mourn together. And so, yeah, you were thrown into this uh, incredibly uh, historic and unusual circumstance in this, this way of mourning the loss of a loved one that no one else has had to deal with in, uh, I mean the past hundred years, obviously it, it, since what the, 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 yeah. yeah. the, or something. So yeah, man. And, and yeah, people are dealing with that across the entire planet right now. Yeah. I, really, I feel really
1: for everyone who's dealing with it. I, I, I mean, I consider myself fortunate because we were able to be with her at the end and they, she got out of the hospital, um, the day that they were preventing visitors from entering. And if that hadn't had happened, we probably wouldn't have been with her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's stories coming out of family members just looking on through uh, door, doorways and windows at their loved ones in hospital beds. So. Yeah.
1: I heard some guy rented a cherry picker truck and went up in the bucket. He was like 83 years old and went up three stories to see his wife in the hospital. Wow.
0: Yeah, the, the, this entire month, you know, has been a roller an, an emotional roller coaster where, you know, one day or a few days, I'm feeling very low and depressed and just bleak about the future and the state of our economy and where things are going to go. And then, and then I pull myself out of it. And, you know, you have to just crank on with your day to day and dealing with your family and your job and whatever it is and keeping Uh, the the most positive mind you possibly can give them the circumstances uh and then and then the next few days you might cycle back down and it's just like that's that's what I've been dealing with is uh one day I'm one day I'm feeling good as as good as I can I'm feeling healthy and strong and and energetic and, and focused and then the next I'm just like what the hell does this mean long term for the future of my job, for the future of my family, my daughter's future, um you know and then Plans of traveling the, the, the planet. That, that, that those have been my life that's my life dream is to we're talking about it. The, 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 that's why we tra- do a podcast. the podcast. Yeah, that's that's my whole that's something that I wanted to fill my life with. And now there's so much uncertainty. Um, at least for the next two years for sure. But honestly, i think you're gonna see major impacts over the next five years and the, the ripple effect that it's going to have on the airline and the the airline industry and things like that are gonna be Let's talk about reasons. that. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, all right. So this, this first article is from BBC, and it's, it's titled Coronavirus, What Global Travel May Look Like Ahead of a Vaccine? And they broke it down uh, from the passing through the airport to the actual flying process to landing in your destination. So uh, do you want to jump into passing through the airport and what that might be like.
1: Yeah. And it looks like the TSA may make travelers wash their hands for 20 seconds prior to entering the airport. And the screening process is probably going to be changed a little bit. I don't know if everybody's going to be crammed like sardines into that uh, queue line. Uh, And Hong Kong International Airport is looking at basically building a full body disinfectant device and yeah. being able to sanitize people within 40 seconds like every single traveler has to go through this and be sanitized every single ah. person entering the airport
0: there's a picture of this in the article that i'm going to post on our instagram account so uh, we're on instagram at the travelers blueprint so if you want to see a picture of this actual this booth but that's really it, it just looks like a booth that you go into uh, and it sprays you and it disinfects you in some sort of way and that uh, dude that's that's incredible and it's just one of the measures that we're seeing. Um, you know, Emiratis, which was, which was really interesting, they're offering passengers... What did you call them? Emirati, the, the Emirates. Emirates. Why did I say Emiratis? I don't know, man. The, for the airline. For the airline, yeah. <laughs> Emirates, out of the United Arab Emirates, sorry, um, is <laughs> offering passengers uh, rapid COVID-19 tests prior to boarding at Dubai airport terminal and yeah they are uh, producing results within 10 minutes Uh,
1: one thing that kind of has been developed already but has not been widely adopted are basically immunity passports and I had to in my old passport when I went to Tanzania I basically had this vaccine record pasted into my passport to show that I had like typhoid yellow fever uh, malaria, all of those vaccines, or am currently taking pills for malaria. And I think that's going to be the case with this. I think you're going to have to prove that you have been vaccinated for COVID-19. And if you're not, you may not be able to be allowed to travel.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I, that, that seems likely. I, it, it seems like one of the more likely scenarios for how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. um we you need to get shots for various diseases as you just mentioned to travel to tons of different countries I and mean, this is just one more yeah so what gonna happen
1: on planes i mean we're all packed in there you can't social distance so they're already
0: trying to shrink the seat size i think that's gonna be changed man i don't think they're gonna be able to do that anymore so that might be a weird odd silver lining in a way but um I think we can expect that flight attendants will be wearing masks. I know in um, the South Korean flight or airline, Korea air, they actually plan on being in full PPE, Tyvek suit, uh, masks, gloves, essentially looking like hazmat workers. Uh, That's how they'll be decked out.
1: PPE is personal protective equipment. Correct. Correct. Got it.
0: Yeah. And so you can expect that there. So questions I do have is, you know, if we all need to wear masks and we are all, Taking these precautions, how do you, you know, you have to play with your mask to take it off to drink water, depending on how long your flight is um, yeah. to, to, to eat the snacks. So I don't know if there's really a foolproof plan. Obviously, I think uh, airlines will have to take much more uh, time and consideration in deconning their airplanes than they ever have before. This might be the cleanest airplanes have ever been. Right. Um, but you know, what
1: if they travel has kind of been shifting uh, towards smaller? local airports and local flights and maybe even smaller planes and i think this may push what we talked about before the electric plane Mm -hmm. which you, you can't have an electric plane that fits 300 people it's just physically not possible right now with the technology that we have but smaller electric planes are doable and if only 15 to 20 people are on that flight we may just have to have a lot more flights and shorter trips
0: maybe yeah yeah I, and so, I think another thing that they 're doing is getting rid of the not getting rid of the middle seat, but leaving it open so you might not have someone sitting in the middle aisle for quite some time and just to help with the social distancing um, i 'd rather have someone in the middle seat than coronavirus, but <laughs> uh, you know yeah. it's it 's just something else to expect yeah all right so so arriving at the the destination now is going to vary differently depending on the country that you arrive in and how they're dealing with it. So as we mentioned earlier, when you arrive to the beach in Italy, they're already discussing ways to create plexiglass, not pexiglass, sun loungers that allow you to sit within a confined space on the beach with other beach covers without without having contact with them.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be strange it's going to be very strange. There's if, pictures you of it. if you haven't uh, invested in hand sanitizer producers, you should probably invest in some now.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and another thing that you're going to have to expect or should expect, your, you know, restaurants are going to limit the amount of tables. They're going to pull back on the occupancy, right? Maybe cut it in half.
1: Which seems insane to me. I mean, we live in a world with 8 billion people mm-hmm. and the density of some of our cities are less than six feet. Yeah. Six square feet per person.
0: Right. Yeah. Another thing for restaurants, uh, buffets, I think they're done. Hey, but what about that sneeze guard? But the hands, (laughs) the hands, man, there was a really cool thing I watched. Uh, If you Google Mythbusters viral spreading or something like that, if you YouTube it, the guys from Mythbusters did a study where they, sat down at a pretend dinner with a bunch of their friends. They, they, uh, one of the guys ingested something that made his, Oh no, I'm sorry. He, they hooked up like a drip, a drip. Yeah. Mechanism this, was this a nose. new one or an old one? I think it might've been an old one. They had yeah. a drip mechanism on his nose and the, the, the fluid actually lit up under ultraviolet or black light. So he went to dinner. And the entire time, he's dealing with a cold. Now, the people at the table were told, okay, they were told either you need to pretend that you're a full and germaphobe and you're aware of his cold, or you need to pretend that nothing has changed and you're just going about a normal dinner. And by the end of it, you know, he would rub his nose, or he would use the napkin or tissue to rub his nose. But or sneeze. Turn, and do, or sneeze, yeah. touch the glass. And by the end of it, they lit up the table, and people had his saliva or you know his, his bodily fluids all over them it was all over the table all over the glassware everything i mean if they shared a bottle of champagne and passed it around it contaminated everybody's hands if you touch you know give a guy a pat on the back it was crazy to see so youtube it because these germs spread so fast it's just it's just unbelievable um huh. where, so That's anyway wild. buffets
1: buffets yeah, yeah no more buffets no i, I, I wouldn't diet, hate that dude,
0: i mean I but what about fan. casinos
1: and cruise lines Uh, i'm not getting on a cruise ship anytime soon i'll tell you that but i mean those those both have their own issues
0: yeah well yeah cruise ships i mean we saw it firsthand cruise ships were hit hard
1: yeah but casinos too like playing the slot machines you're hitting buttons that everyone else has hit if you're playing poker or if you're playing blackjack i mean you're not supposed to touch the cards in blackjack but you're still touching the chips
0: what about disney world i mean now you throw in a casino about the hands-on museum (laughs) right right (laughs) but but disney world is essentially has the the contamination routes does that make sense of a casino but then you put throw kids in there and they're just they're just always infected with something that's wild so what is going to happen with european tourism All right. So our next article. Yeah. um, This one was, this one was pretty interesting because it just broke down various countries. I selected a few to talk about, but obviously the tourism, the commissioner, whatever you want to call them within each country has their own plans of attack, or at least contemplating ways to tackle, tackle this uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um, And it obviously it was hit pretty hard. It was what a slump up to 70%, which is massive. And so uh, one thing f- for Italy, uh, they're saying that the the Tourism Association said that in a statement published on March 30th that the recovery of the market will not take place before the beginning of 2021 and that the pandemic has ruined some 60 years of tourism. 60 years? Mm-hmm. That's a solid life. I'm curious to see how Italy survives. That, that I, They is... will, it's
1: just they won't have, you know... But they've Americans I
0: mean, how sixty years of developing tourism and tourism infrastructure, uh, and now it's just come to a blinding halt. What? How will they make that transition to save their economy? You know, what jobs will they create? It's innovation. We will see. We, we I think there's going to be a ton of innov- innovation yeah, over the next few years. We're going to see the biggest advances of innovation than we than we probably ever have. I also think we're going to see the biggest. Um, uh, we're, we're going to join together more than we ever have. Right. It's yeah. always like this something... is a
1: global enemy.
0: Right. Right. right, right. It, it, people have predicted,
1: you know, that aliens were going to unify us all. Right. Because they're, they're a common threat that it's us versus them, humans versus outsiders. And now it's <laughs> humans versus a virus.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as we rallied together as a country, during the the start of world war ii i think we will again and i think we're going to see internally in the united states i think we're going to see a huge uptick in manufacturing uh, and things like that so uh
1: amanda and i were talking recently and she brought up a really interesting point with and i think she was talking with one of her friends about this that the world war ii basically produced the greatest generation right the kids mm-hmm. that grew up through World War II and some of the Great Depression, and had to deal with those incredible hardships. And we, as a generation, are kind of dealing with that now. We've grown up, the 90s was great, the 2000s was pretty good. But starting in the mid 2010s, we have had to deal with some serious, serious crap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, this history repeats itself. And even if you go back to the roaring 20s, why were the 20s so roaring? Why was production and uh, so hot? It's because we were reeling from a war. Um, And so again, yeah, we don't have a full global war in the traditional sense, but we do have something that we need to come together and build upon. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to see it. Yeah, we all
1: are facing adversity right now. Every single one of us. And adversity builds character. And I think... We are the ones with the longest future ahead of us, minus the kids that have not been deemed as a generation yet. But I think we're going to come out of this as uh, the greatest generation reborn.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's going to be. It's it's crazy to think that we just six months ago were sitting as one of the softest generations. Which I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like we want to be soft. We want to be happy and living peacefully and enjoying. As they the, say, living your best life. Right, yeah. Like I don't, when, when people would, you know, you'd have uh, boomers or something uh, or people who talked greatly about the greatest generation and they would use that in an, a way to spin it negatively against the current generation. Like, you know, that's what they fought for. So I don't think that it was a bad thing to enjoy the luxuries of modern life and get soft. Like that's what we want. Yeah, the whole right? point of the
1: hard work in the past is to get to this point so right. we don't have to gruel over hours and hours of difficult manual labor.
0: In a way, um, living a soft life was honoring the sacrifice that they put. And so we had a good time, but now it's cut short and now we back here we are back at, you know, square one. And we're going to be part of the generation that has to pick it back up again. And yeah um and let's not forget after this we still have to deal with climate change right right yeah. that hasn't gone anywhere I, I am slightly upset when i step back and i look at where my existence now lies on the timeline of human civilization and i'm kind of like damn it like why did i have to live during a downturn <laughs> that's this is we're, yeah. we're gonna have to climb back out of this yeah. and um we're hey. now stuck living during a uh, yeah one of the one of the lower points in human history yes
1: one of the other pieces of silver lining is the amount nature has rebounded we're producing so much less carbon dioxide because we're driving less like 75 percent less yeah Uh, tourism flights all of it has stopped like it's quieter it's cleaner there are dolphins swimming in the canals in venice
0: Mm -hmm. the first time
1: that's happened in 60 years
0: yeah, there was an article that I saw that had uh, goats on the streets, and you just you, monkeys. Now there are issues actually because certain animals would rely on the tourism industry in some way, whether it was like tourists feeding on them, um, and we're also seeing uh, issues with countries that relied on tourism to help save animals, like you know, in mm. Africa having huge issues with an uptick in poaching and violence.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was actually a. A big incident in April. Mm-hmm, we didn't mm-hmm. add that to our list, but um, several poachers attacked. It was actually a large group of poachers attacked rangers and civilians and killed 12 or 17 people.
0: Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But as we wrap up our show, before we terminate this Travel Bites episode, we will give you a brief update on the guests that are lined up for this month.
0: Yeah. So next up is going to be Alan, who manages the La Paz hostel in Bolivia. This conversation was really cool because he he had a ton of information on traveling through the country. And we got sort of specific on some destinations and things to do. And he really, he was a very knowledgeable guy and it, it translated very well to the podcast.
1: Yeah. And take note that that podcast was recorded on the eve of the pandemic. So yeah, there, it'll seem like we may be sunny and bright dispositions, but we didn't know. Right. So up after Alan is Preston, who dubs himself the buzz biologist, and he was truly very funny.
0: He was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep in mind or get ready for his British, his take on British accents. He's done. He did it a few times in the episode. It's imitating great. people. So good. Yeah, it was really good. And then, um, and then lastly, this month we'll have Kit on. She is an adventure travel enthusiast. And we talked about uh, just different ways you can um, get into adventure travel. And uh, we also had a pretty good conversation on travel insurance as well.
1: So stay tuned next week for Alan and follow us on social media to check out our pictures that we post concurrent with our episode. Give us a rating on iTunes or whichever podcast platform you're listening on and feel free to reach out to us if you have questions and make sure you answer those trivia questions.
0: Yep. Thank you for listening.